Hester's Mystery by Arthur Wing Pinero. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Characters Mr. Owen Silverdale of Silverdale's Academy for Young Ladies. Read by Tricia G. John Royal. Read by Thomas Peter. Joel, a farm labourer. Read by Son of the Exiles. Nance Butterworth, a widow. Read by Sonia. Hester, her daughter. Read by E. J. Lavery. Stage directions read by Larry Wilson. Time the present. Scene The dairy and stable yard of Nance Butterworth's farm. On the right, the exterior of the stable, with a half door leading into it. Below the door, downstage, a stack of straw and some straw litter. Above the door, a three legged stool. In the center of stage, a small pump with the handle towards the right. Against the pump, a basket, bottom upwards, covered with a horse cloth. On the left, an open shed, under which are some wooden benches, with butter tubs on them. Milk cans, etc., standing about. At the further end of the shed, a small door leading to interior of dairy. Down stage left, outside the shed, a small table and stool. On the table is a scrubbing brush, and under it an iron pail. Opening up the stage right and left, with hedgerow and meadow, and view of distant country at back. The whole scene to be quaint and old-fashioned and as bright as possible. At rise of curtain, Joel is discovered asleep on stool upright. Joel is an old farm laborer with straggling gray hair and a withered face, wears a dirty smock frock, worsted stockings, and very large heavy boots. John Royal enters from up the stage left, carrying some harness over his shoulders. He is a fine strapping young fellow, wearing no coat, a very white shirt, breeches, and leather gaiters. He crosses over to stable and sees Joel. John shaking Joel. Joel! Oi, oi, Mir! Rouse yourself, man. You are always sleeping about the place, like a cat in the sun. Music ceases. Mrs. Butterworth will send a milk pail at your head if she catches you. Joel arising. I don't care for that. The missus' tongue is harder than any milk pail I ever come across. John crossing to stable door. Well, get to work, man, get to work. You know well enough that the mistress's daughter is coming home from school today, and everything is to be made as neat as a new pin. I'm not a-going to do another stroke till I have had a glass of yale. I'm nigh perishin' for a glass of yale. I'm ashamed of you. You'd best be a bit ashamed of yourself while you're at it. I've been on Butterworth's farm for nigh seventeen year, and you've been here less nor a week. When you've had seventeen year of Mount's Butterworth's tongue, you'll be dumbed glad of a glass of yale. So get into the stable and do your work. You're a new hand on the farm, and I'm not proud of your acquaintance. Thank you for nothing, Joel. Goes into stable right. Joel comes down. Bits of boys. I ain't got no patience with em. That lad thinks too much of keeping his shirt sleeves clean. Sits on basket center. Work and dirt always go longside, I say. There's not a farm labourer for ten mile round as dirty as I am. Closing his eyes. But I should like to wash myself out with a glass of yale. Puts his head against pump and dozes. Nance Butterworth enters up stage left, carrying a wooden pill under her arm. She is a tidy-looking woman of about forty, dressed in a neat print dress coming down to her ankles, and showing a clumsy pair of hobnailed boots. She wears a bib apron, and her sleeves are turned up over her elbows. Her manner is sour and harsh. 
she comes down to table and puts her pail upon it nance seeing joel sleeping bless my soul and body there's that lazy hunk dozing again takes scrubbing brush from table and throws it at joel get up you lazy vagabond joel rises where's my scrubbing brush on my chest missus returning it to her what do you mean by sleeping about the yard till the very pigs blush at you you rob a poor widow by taking her money and eating her victual and all you do for it is to gape at her with a mouth for all the world like the poor box at the church yonder i'll let em know what an idle thief you are for ten mile round oh your tongue'll reach that far without your stirrin to tell em nance raising her pail threateningly what i'll not deceive ye i'm well nigh dyin for a glass of yale you'll die before you get it out of me do you know what to-day is oi it's a friday and do you know who's coming back to the farm this very day after being away ever so many long months oi oi no my baby my daughter hester that you're not fit to live in the same world with well i came into the world afore so that's her lookout first come first served is my motto and on a day like this you think of nothing but ale-swilling you're not a man yes i am and i've been one for fifty year or more your heart's made of pewter and your blood's made of beer and your brains are nothing but hops so get out of my sight or the air will be tainted with you and not fit for my baby to breathe john appears at the stable door well if your daughter takes after her mother there'll be a tidy bit of conversation going on here about get out joel do what you have to do and don't be rude you mind your own business john royal to joel joel you've got to go to the railway to fetch up my baby and her boxes so keep your eye on the clock for it's near the hour now oi i'll keep my oi on the clock i'm dead on that job slouches off up left ah, i was well nigh losing my temper with the vagabond she takes iron pail from under table and goes to pump john steps forward and works the handle for her you're very polite young man a deal too polite for a good workman she takes the iron pail to table and commences to scrub the wooden pail vigorously don't say that mrs butterworth i hope i shall please you in the long run i'm a new hand on a farm ay and you're a bit of a mystery to me you're the first man i ever took without a character where you came from heaven above knows but i'll give the devil his due you've been in my house four days and you haven't stole anything as yet no not even a kind word from you eh don't you be too quick young man a sharp tongue is an edged tool and makes ugly scratches harry you're right there advancing shall i do your scrubbing for you nay not you you'll soil your hands john looks at his hands they're white enough still don't fret yourself john seats himself by the pump takes out a short ready loaded clay pipe lights it and smokes complacently i guess you were a clerk or a writer or a nothing at all before you came to this part of the country eh john puffing the smoke maybe you've not worked with your hands that's clear perhaps not and like enough your head's not over strong like enough perhaps you got into some scrape that drove you out of your own part of the country perhaps so a clean scrape or a dirty one who knows ay who knows nance angry at his coolness what brought you into this country looking for work it's not many farmers that would take a man without knowing his story that's true what led you to my farm 
John rising coolly. Well, they told me you had such a hard heart and a bitter tongue that you were glad enough to find a stranger who would work for you. Nance dropping her scrubbing brush. Did they? Aye, they did. Well, you don't call that working, do you? Smoking a beastly clay pipe as black as your own history, maybe. Haven't you got a job to do? I'm mending some harness, but I haven't finished it. Why don't you finish it? Because my back aches. Your back aches. Your back is broad and big enough. Well, the bigger the back, the more there is of it to ache. There, I beg your pardon for losing my temper. Going to the stable door. Shall I put the trap to to bring your daughter up from the station? No, she'll walk, and Joel will lift her boxes. But she has travelled a long distance and may be tired. Look here. I want no hints from you or any like you. My daughter is my private business. She's not part of the farm for you or any man or woman on the farm to bother your head about. My baby is all I have left in the world that is precious, and I don't allow a soul to meddle between me and her. Joel enters it back from left. I've been keeping my eye on the clock, and the train'll be there in a quarter of an hour. Should I go with Joel, then, and lend him a hand with the boxes? No. Supposing they are too heavy for him to carry? Then he'll drop em. You finish your job. John going into stable. Do as you please. Do as you're told. Exit John into stable. Nance takes up the pail she has been scrubbing. To Joel. You get down to the station as fast as your legs can take you. Without so much as a drop of ale. Nance going up to the dairy door under the shed left. If you're dry, you can have a basin of skim milk. You can water it. There's the pump. Exit carrying wooden pill into dairy right. Well, if there's a class of man that's put on and downtrod, it's the agricultural laborer. Going off towards left. Lord, here's a suit of black coming through the gate, as much like old Mother Charlie's raven as anything I ever saw. Why, it looks like a parson. If he preaches to me, I'll hit him over the head with a rake. Mr. Owen Silverdale enters up stage right. He is a young man dressed in a clerical style, neatly in black, and is sleek in appearance and meek in manner. He wears an eyeglass and carries a book under his arm and a small umbrella in his hand. His manner is affectedly bland. Silverdale to Joel. I say, my man, is this Butterworth's farm? Oi, this is Butterworth's farm. Is it really? Is Miss Hester at home? No, she ain't. Isn't she really? When can I see her? Well, as a general rule, when you take that glass out of your eye, I should think. I tell you, she ain't at home. Where is Mrs. Butterworth? In the dairy. Really? Um, will you fetch her? No, I'm damned if I will. I've got a job that I'm dead on, so good morning. Goes up to right, and then turns round to Silverdale. I say, Mr. Pastor, are you a teetotaler? No. No more ain't I. Aren't you really? Now look here, I'll not deceive you. I'm dropping for a glass of ale. Now you've ended me in a job that I'm dead on, and I feel mortally inclined to drink your elf. Coming down right center. Really? Kindly hold that. Gives book to Joel. And that? Gives umbrella. I will search for a shilling. Thank ye. Silverdale producing the shilling and holding it up for Joel's inspection. I have found one. Taking umbrella and book from Joel. Thank you so much. 
i understand that you are in need of a little refreshment my friend had you been very civil i would have bestowed upon you a small donation but you have behaved so excessively rudely that i should not give you a twelfth part of this shilling though your bucolic existence depended upon the act returning shilling to pocket must you really go joel looks at him in blank astonishment and indignation and then walks off up stage right silverdell looking round now where is hester's mother i wonder going to stable door knocking is anyone here john appears at the door could i do anything for you you really can i want to see mrs butterworth john pointing to dairy door i think you'll find her in the dairy yonder i'm busy myself if you'll excuse me retires into stable thank you very much thoughtfully looking in the direction of john dear me i fancy i've seen that face how strange where could it have been nance comes out of dairy meeting silverdale hello who are you and what do you want i think i have the pleasure of addressing mrs butterworth i'm nance butterworth and you are on my premises really my name is silverdale owen silverdale my sister martha and i are the principals of silverdale's academy for young ladies at shrewsbury at which your daughter hester has been a promising pupil for the last three years i may consider myself a friend of your daughter's gushingly holding out his hand how are you nance putting her hands behind her your bill is paid isn't it or do you want to leave a tract or something not at all i have lately had occasion to distribute the prizes at our academy holding up a book now your daughter left school rather suddenly without availing herself of a little reward of merit a small volume of domestic poems a prize for good conduct finding myself in this part of the country i have given myself the pleasure of placing it in her hands it's a pity you bothered yourself not at all i am i may say a little attached to your daughter eh as the phrase goes i have a sneaking kindness for hester ay i'll be bound it's a sneaking one you are really a little harsh mrs butterworth i am a bachelor <laughs> so i should hope and if you've any charity and goodwill towards poor creatures of my sex you'll remain so really i think i should make a fairly good husband nance advancing towards him stop a bit i don't know that i quite see your drift what is it my dear mrs butterworth your open-hearted candour is quite refreshing i am exceedingly fond of your daughter now i understand you you say my plain talk is refreshing if so you shall have a regular feast of it look you here mr silvertongue or whatever your name is my daughter is all that is left to me out of a hard bitter life i know what marriage is i've had a wretched experience of it with a drunken cruel husband and i mean to spare my hester the same fate or any chance of it she's my baby these are the only arms she shall ever fly to and she shall remain my baby till her mother's put under the ground you really say so dear me ay i really say so as for that rubbishing book you can give it to her if you like and then you can pack off about your business or mayhap you'll find your head in the beehive going up stage thank you very much is hester at home lor man how should she be but we're expecting her by the midday train and so you won't have long to wait you know she left her school only yesterday and it's a weary journey from shrewsbury they tell me a hundred and fifty miles or more left school only yesterday do you really say so i left school only yesterday is there anything strange in that that you stand there staring like a puppy with its eyes new opened 
left school only yesterday hum well talking to you isn't scrubbing the dairy bricks you can take a walk over the farm you'll find the pigs at the bottom of the kitchen ground they ought to be glad to see you goes into dairy left silverdale puzzled left school only yesterday really not but i happen to know hester quitted the academy exactly six weeks ago hm how strange what has hester been doing for the last six weeks eh i don't think my shrewish friend the female farmer is quite as cute as she thinks herself i'll take a little stroll as he is going up left john appears leaning over the stable door and calls to him i beg your pardon do you carry a watch silverdale left back turning round i really think i do referring to his watch it is a quarter to one thank you to himself joe should be back from the station now retires into the stable bless me where have i seen that face somewhere i am sure the odor of mystery mingles with the perfume of hay upon butterworth's farm hester unknown to her pleasant sweet-tempered mother leaves school six weeks ago and returns to her home to-day there are six weeks to be accounted for miss hester and to me six weeks bless me what a great deal of mischief can be done in six weeks looking at the book he carries a prize for good conduct good conduct eh mm, really now goes off up left pondering joel appears up stage from right struggling under the weight of a heavy box and carrying also a bandbox and parcel he places the luggage on the ground up stage centre joel wiping his forehead this is the dryest job i've ever put my hand to howsomever here's the baggage but i'm blessed if i know where the gal is goes to the dairy door and calls i say missus nance comes out well where's the child i'm mortally durned if i know the train had been in the station ten minutes or more when i got there and there was nothing on the platform but that thar luggage why you fool you were late you're right there missus but i'll not deceive ye i was well nigh dried up for a glass of yale so i just dropped into the pig and errin hester runs on from upstage right she is a very pretty girl dressed in a neat travelling dress with a straw hat and little cape she carries a travelling bag here i am mother did you think you had lost me she goes to nance who puts her arms fondly round her and kisses her oh, my baby joel coming down right no he went down to the station to fetch you miss hester but the train come in a bit too early and missed me hester kissing joel all right joel how are you giving him the travelling bag take that bag joel it's full of pretty presents for everybody joel takes bag goes up stage and sits on box at back nance putting her hand on hester's shoulders and looking at her oh baby baby you're too smart and gaudy for the life you have to lead you are a woman now hester and no longer a schoolgirl and a woman is of little use in this farm till she can turn her sleeves over her elbows and do a man's work for half a man's pay and i'll do that mother and i'll never tire at my work rough or easy it's all rough baby for such as we are the world is a pool my child in which the poor folks struggle and splash and eat each other for subsistence like the fishes do the surface of the pool is frozen over into a sheet of clear smooth ice for the rich to skate on and the great folks glide about over the heads of the poor without a fall or a stumble great folks have their miseries too sometimes 
just as the squire's daughter broke through the ice at the mill-pond last winter and got a ducking that was because she had a man's arm round her waist and the ice wouldn't bear the two never have a man's arm round you hester and you'll come to no mischief so off with your fineries child and say good-bye to your lady's life hester taking off her hat and cloak i hate an easy life mother she dresses up the pump with her hat and cloak there that is all that is left of hester the fine lady and now i am nothing but your little farm girl mother dear and don't wish to be anything better look i shake hands with the fine lady and regret that pressure of circumstances renders it necessary that we should terminate our acquaintance she shakes the pump handle warmly that is like my baby but take off those wretched gloves for i hate the sight of them hester takes off her gloves your mother never wore gloves nor your grandmother before her come and sit down mother nance takes stool from left and in doing so turns her back upon hester for a moment hester has taken off her gloves and suddenly looks at her left hand aside oh my wedding ring nance uh, half turning what's the matter baby hester snatches the ring from her hand and impulsively flings it through the open stable door nothing mother i've torn my glove that's all and no loss neither hester sits on the basket centre nance on stool by her left now joel empty the lucky bag of the pretty presents joel comes down bringing the stool from up the stage right sits and opens bag dip your hand in joel here's a pretty thing and a very pretty thing and who's the owner of this pretty thing joel dips his hand in the bag and pulls out a baby's shoe tied up with blue ribbon what's that joel hester taking it from joel it's a it's a purse mother a new style something like a baby's shoe you see you put the money in there and then tie it up with a blue ribbon i i think i'll unpack the bag joel slips the shoe into the bosom of her dress nay it's a job i'm dead on takes out a book and hands it to hester it's a church service for you mother giving it her thank you my dear though it's a sore pity the edges are gilt the words are bright enough and don't want no gilding turning over the leaves you've been reading it hester like a good girl here's a leaf turned down oh yes i was looking at it in the train nance sternly hester my girl rises yes mother do you know you have turned down a leaf at the marriage service lord mother have i don't study that my girl for it's the only part of the book that's dangerous for the unwary they call it a marriage service for me it was a marriage slavery sits but some people are happy when they are married <laughs> they were smiling faces because they're ashamed to own their bad bargain just as a fish swims about for years and years with an old hook in his gullet he may blink and gulp and flap his tail but the hook's in his inside all the time and he never forgets the bright summer's morning when he swallowed it i swallowed your father my dear and an uncomfortable sort of a dose he was what did he do mother why he drank beer and knocked down skittles half his time and drank more beer and knocked down his wife the other half but he's dead and gone and i mustn't say a word against him but if ever there was a brute out of a sty or a kennel he was one shutting up the book sharply there thank you for the gift my pet and we won't look at the marriage service any more puts book in her pocket rises now joel what else have you in the bag oh you'll see miss esty he dips his hand in the bag and produces an infant's feeding bottle the bottle has no tube and is in the shape of a flask good gracious what's that that 
bless my soul it's as much like a baby's bottle as anything i ever saw that oh that's my travelling flask for a long journey it holds brandy pale brandy i should say or sherry or milk or anything refreshing joel puts it to his lips well all i know is it's mighty weak refreshment put it back joel what is next joel produces a huge pair of slippers those are for you joel to wear after your work is over i don't know whether they are your size but they will stretch much obliged miss esty i'll wet them their shoes this very afternoon with a glass of yale what is next joel takes out a pipe case and holds it up that is a pipe for jem landon the stable lad in the first place jem landon never smoked in the second i turned him neck and crop off the farm four days ago for being saucy it will do for the man in his place is there a man in the stable nan's calling john john royal john appears at stable door i am here this is my daughter hester and she has brought a present for a man that's gone you can have it if you don't care for another man's leavings taking hat and cape off pump john comes out of stable and holds out his hand for the pipe yes i'll have it mother's kind and doesn't mean to be hard john there's the pipe with my best wishes john taking the pipe thank you miss esther when i smoke it i think of you and now you two men get that box into the house and up the stair hester you must be dying for some victuals. i'd rather wait mother i want to look at the horses send john back to show me over the stables very well come along men nance goes off up left followed by joel and john with the boxes etc hester after watching them off thank heaven for a moment's relief takes you out and kisses it earnestly where is my memory how imprudent i am dear little shoe what a pity it is that i should have to tell such great big fibs about such a soft innocent little woollen thing as you and now where is my wedding ring i must hide it in some secure place looking round poor dear wedding ring i am so sorry where could i have thrown you i remember in the stable oh supposing a horse has swallowed it how married he'll feel she opens stable door and goes into stable closing door after her mr owen silverdale appears at the back from left the vision of a travelling trunk and a bandbox leads me to suspect that the prodigal has returned dear girl i quite long to see her hester sobbing in the stable oh dear oh dear what shall i do silverdale listening really that sounds like a woman in tears a long association with an academy for young ladies renders the sound quite familiar to me hester comes out of the stable crying she does not see silverdale who is up the stage oh dear me i can't find it and i'm a most miserable girl why did i throw it away with her handkerchief to her eyes leaning on stable door oh my pretty ring my pretty ring silverdale comes quietly down hester dear touches her with umbrella hester turns and confronts him with dismay oh mr silverdale silverdale holding up his hand gushingly how are you hester sobbing I, i'm very i'm very i'm not at all well silverdale taking her hand my poor little sweetheart hester releasing her hand mr silverdale what are you doing at our farm have you seen mother yes a few minutes ago a charming woman your mother really charming so honestly outspoken and with such an absorbing trust in you 
it quite seems to have swallowed up her faith in other people hester coming down right centre nervously i hope my schoolfellows are quite well mr silverdale quite well mary manders had measles when i left is she better much better i really thought at one time that she had transferred the ailment to me which would have been unfortunate i have never had the measles indeed mr silverdale no have you eh have you have i what mr silverdale had them had which mr silverdale the measles oh mr silverdale what brings you here principally to see you oh no really why be astonished you know how fond i have been of you for months and months and i am such a faithful man where i love i stick like a plaster for better or for worse oh go away from this place please mr silverdale i have told you often and often that i don't like you that i won't like you and that i can't be bothered with you i'm not a flirt no if i thought so i could not reconcile it to my conscience to pay my addresses to you pointing to stool right centre sit down you must be so tired no i'm not tired yes you are you have come a long journey no i have only been a little distance to visit a friend really i think you are making a mistake my dear your mother tells me you have just arrived from shrewsbury oh she sits helplessly silverdale coming close to her and looking down upon her when you left school my dear hester six weeks ago oh dear oh dear six weeks ago you quitted the academy very suddenly and before the expiration of the term to visit your mother who you stated was unwell so hastily did you leave us that you robbed me of my privilege of presenting you on the day following a little prize holding out book a volume of sweet domestic poems a prize for good conduct well mr silverdale to bring you this little book is one of the objects of my visit hester's starting up oh give it to me and go away please so i will dear hester when you prove to one of the principles of your establishment that this reward of merit has not been forfeited so i will when you have accounted to me for your actions during the last six weeks hester sits again hopelessly i can't it is no business of yours and every man should mind his own business it is my business because i like you so much and i want to know how it is that a young girl i am fond of leaves school unknown to her mother six weeks ago and only arrives home to-day if you like me why do you harass me so because you won't love me in return you always were an obstinate girl hester and i mean to break you be kind to me say one pretty word to me and you can bury the last six weeks and make your mother innocently walk over their grave but if you refuse me this favour i'll split upon you i'll show your pleasant-voiced soft-hearted mother that you have been deceiving her and i'll turn every blade of grass in that meadow into a lash for your pretty little shoulders do you hear i'll love you if you'll let me and i'll plague you if you won't hester rising and looking at him you know i won't love you how could any woman in her senses love a mean little man like you so i really am a mean little man eh very well i'll fetch your dear mother he is going she follows him oh i didn't mean to make you angry don't split upon me mr silverdale don't split upon me oh i can split upon you then can i yes i confess i am deceiving mother for a little while only for a little while i did leave the academy six weeks ago and i have only come home to-day but don't tell tales out of school 
don't you do a thing that every girl in my class would have cut their tongue out rather than be guilty of i'll not tell tales if you'll be friends with me that's all i want hester hester right center taking his hand oh thank you dear mr silverdale thank you loving you hester is really my only fault so kiss and make it up kiss and make it up yes we've had a bit of a row dear haven't we kiss and make it up hester pointing to the book in silverdale's hand oh i see you want to rob me of my prize for good conduct and put it on your own shelf rousing herself look here i once boxed your ears at shrewsbury silverdale raises his hand to his ear yes you remember it that's the side if you ask me to kiss you i'll box the other side or what is better i'll get somebody else to do it enter john royal and joel at back john comes down right joel left you're a sneak that blabs and tells tales and you are the worst of sneaks because you're spiteful to girls to john john royal you are my mother's servant and as such you are bound to protect my mother's daughter pointing to silverdale that person has been rude to me you are a big man and know a lot of strong words tell him what i think of him do stop a bit if there's gonna be any blood spilt the missus would like to be in on it i know goes off up left been rude has he john advances to silverdale looks him up and down and then snatches his umbrella from him and flings it away so you have been rude eh snatches book from him and flings it away been rude have you sir at the present moment i am not prepared i really am not for a muscular encounter allow me to call your attention to the fact that you have cast away that young lady's prize for good conduct john center raising his fist you reptile hester wright laying her hand upon john's arm don't strike him he has to sing tenor in the choir at shrewsbury on the sunday afternoons nance enters followed by joel left nance comes down left center now then what's the matter here a car is the matter here a fellow that is rude to ladies and who wants to be kicked out if there's any kicking out of my place i do it so you fall back john royal john goes up to stable door and leans on it now then schoolmaster what's your tale out with it don't listen to him mother don't listen to him i will be listened to because i am here as a representative of truth and right mrs butterworth i have some painful communications to make to you be seated nance sits on stool left and hester on stool right silverdale on basket centre joel stands up left these communications relate to your daughter who i hope in passing will continue her studies in geography always her weak point your daughter i regret to say mrs butterworth has not deserved well of the academy for young ladies at shrewsbury what do i care for that let my child please me and she does her duty the school was my baby's servant not her master and was hired to wait on her really then of course we are reduced to the simple question has the child done its duty to its mother hester wright aside to silverdale oh have pity on me please mr silverdale silence hester your daughter hester whose english grammar i may remark will require careful watching has i am pained to have to say brought discredit upon her school what my child brought discredit my child pray hear me out the real object of my visit i have hitherto concealed from you i have travelled many weary miles to endeavour to persuade your daughter who i trust by the by will continue her pianoforte practice to persuade your daughter to confess everything to you this she has refused to do 
and for the credit and fair name and fame of the academy i am compelled to reveal all hester starting up he doesn't tell the truth mother don't listen to him silence hester hester sits again mrs butterworth when did your daughter arrive home within the last hour you know that well enough man and when did she quit our academy yesterday have you any proof of that proof against my child yes really proof i've her own word her letters written to me from shrewsbury the last came the day before yesterday taking it from the bosom of her dress here it is what does she say about leaving school nance takes her spectacles out of her pocket puts them on and reads i leave school on tuesday morning and shall my glasses are dull and i can't see through them handing letter to silverdale you read it shall i really certainly hm you must really watch her handwriting too many flourishes reading i leave school on tuesday morning and shall be with you if everything is well on wednesday how i long to see you and my dear home all the joints here are so fat and underdone so on returning letter to nance now mrs butterworth i think i can open your eyes stop a bit before you speak don't you say more nor less than the truth i'm a bit soft-hearted about my baby i am hard as the stones to everything else in the world and if you speak against her i shall have to be hard to her too be careful laying her hand on her heart or you'll hurt me you really pain me notwithstanding i am compelled to tell you dear mrs butterworth that hester finally quitted the academy more than six weeks ago more than six weeks ago what has she been doing where has she been since ah that is a little mystery but i fancy mother dear i can tell you be silent to silverdale well sir i really fancy i can furnish a slight clue on two occasions during the last eighteen months i have met your daughter at a spot about three miles from the academy a place called the lime trees walking arm in arm with a young gentleman the same man each time the same person i was not seen by them and i kept the circumstance to myself was it your duty to the parent of a child to do that i don't know really but i held my tongue for the good of the academy and for the sake of the young ladies to whom i am attached nance rising hester mother won't you listen to me yes when you answer my questions tell me when did you leave your school the school that i've scraped my money together to pay for six weeks ago or a little more and did the schoolmaster see you in the place called the lime trees walking with a young gentleman yes mother i dare say he did you were walking with a young gentleman there yes mother i was silverdale shrugs his shoulders and crosses right nance to joel joel please missus fetch the small tin box that stands under the window seat in the parlor please missus goes off left hester rising and going to nance what are you going to do mother i'm going to start you afresh in life a long way from where i am or where i shall ever be goes into left corner no no mother you mustn't send me away till i've told you everything crossing to nance pointing to silverdale this fellow is a sneak and a coward he would have been a sweetheart of mine but i've hated the sight of him and i've told him so i boxed his ears once in the playground before all the girls and he owes me a grudge for it and wants to pay me out you can't say but what he has told the truth and i don't want you near me any more 
you don't know that i've done wrong i know that you've deceived me on your own showing i know that you've told me lie upon lie mother if you'll let me kneel to you as i used to do when i was a little girl i'll tell you all my faults i don't want to know them i know that something has come between you and me and whatever it is it has robbed a child of its mother and the mother of her child for you and i shall part this very day i'll not leave you i will be your baby as i have always been i came home to tell you everything but i knew i had been wrong and i was going to tell you slowly a word a day as it were so that i shouldn't hurt you more than i could help hester tries to embrace nance who shakes her off and crosses to table left I you came home to fool me but you shan't do it right crosses left to table joel enters from left carrying a small tin box he comes down between hester and nance joel coming down centre and giving box to nance here's the box missus nance takes it and places it on table left she takes a bunch of keys from her pocket and proceeds to open it hester seizing joel's arm joel i want to speak to you she leads joel down right and speaks to him in an undertone silverdale crosses to nance this is a most unfortunate affair it really is uh, um need i wait ay that you need silverdale goes up i'll have something to say to you by and by hester aside to joel dear joel you've known me ever since i was a little mite of a girl don't you remember joel you used to nurse me oi and mortal ever you were i'm heavier still now joel especially about the heart but you like me don't you why of course i do you give me a kiss a little while back and i'll give you another if you'll do me a service dear joel run as fast as your legs can carry you to old mrs chorley's you know the little red cottage near the railway station with the raven in a cage outside the door say that you come from me hester and that you are to bring back an answer taking baby's shoe from the bosom of her dress and kissing it take this she'll recognize it and mind bring back an answer will you run joel for my sake for the sake of the child you have dandled on your knee oi oi'll run miss esty oi'll run till i will noi drop for a glass of yale he goes off hastily upright nance left who has opened the box and taken out of it a small old pocket-book and a little bag of money hester yes mother before we part i want to give you this money it's all i have and i'm sorry it's so little there are some banknotes in the pocket-book and a little gold and silver in the canvas bag and now you can go puts her hand in the tin box and takes out a little faded paper packet look here here's a ringlet of yours cut off when you were a baby my baby's hair slight pause sitting at table the packet drops from her hand and she sits on stool left and covers her face with her hands no mother i'll not take a penny of your money for i don't want for means to keep me or to help you mother i'm i'm married nance looks up nance rises you're you're married i've been married more than a year mother nance sits again it was very wrong but i fell in love frightfully and i knew you would never consent and we both felt that we couldn't live without each other who is he he's a gentleman mother <laughs> but he has a small income large enough to maintain us and to defray any little incidental expense and he's so good-looking and affectionate nance clenching her hands i should like to have him near me now what is he he's he's nothing 
he was in the civil service that's where he learned his manners i suppose and he came down shrewsbury way to fish i'll be bound he did and i chanced to be on the banks of the same stream and in leaning over the water to see my face i slipped and put my foot in it ay you've put your foot in it and he would insist on my taking off my wet shoe and he would dry it with his pocket handkerchief and he would make me wear his big clumsy boot all the way home and then we laughed because it was so funny oh dear it might have happened to anybody goes out left center silverdale at back leaning on the pump miss butterworth that's not my name and you've just heard me say so pardon me but where's your wedding ring hester looks at her left hand what do you mean i see miss butterworth doesn't wear a wedding ring but i suppose it's all right where is your wedding ring hester dismayed i-i've lost it lost it oh dear oh dear that's really very singular john comes down right centre holding the ring in his hand here it is you threw it to me into the stable and i caught it hester running to him ah jack dear john putting his arms round her my darling hester good gracious me nance starts up what hester taking john's hand this mother dear this is the gentleman i have married john royal is my husband silverdale aside i thought i recognized the man's face that's the fellow i saw under the lime trees at shrewsbury yes mrs butterworth i am to blame for everything believe me my own excuse is that i am a good husband and shall always remain one putting wedding ring on hester's finger there is your wedding ring hester never take it from your hand again dear what have you come here for to triumph over me oh don't think of that when the time arrived for my wife to return home i came to you that you might get accustomed to the sight of me and perhaps find out that i am not the worst fellow in the world it was hester's plan and i hope it has not altogether failed crosses to nance come mother look on the bright side of things you shall not lose your daughter and such as i am you shall gain me i'll work honestly for you and i'll put my money into your land and make butterworth's farm a model for the county nay john royal if i wouldn't give my daughter to you you may be sure i won't sell her nance sits our paths lie wide apart joel enters it back right carrying an infant he comes down right here you are miss esty i brought the answer hester snatches the baby from him and kisses it hester timidly to nance gradually going to her mother john and i have got a baby it is four weeks old and is so intelligent he's a boy mother and we're going to make him a farmer coming to nance will you look at him before we leave you just one little look mother mother she kneels and places the child on nance's lap silverdale aside at back hmm. the young lady has accounted to me for the interval of six weeks i really think that i can be of no further use so i will go quietly he goes off at back right unobserved nance looks at the baby and then kisses it hey he's a fine boy hester kneels down by nance's side and the two women rock the baby and kiss it alternately he's so good too mother he never cries at least very seldom see my dimple in his chin mother nance looking at hester ay he's got your eyes too baby but i'm doubtful about his nose hester rising it's john's nose isn't it john john rubs his nose mother dear if we are to go will you give baby back to me 
that we may take him away. Holding out her arms. Nance hugging the baby. Nay, I can't give him up. I'm hard and cruel and sour, but I can't let my baby's baby go. Hester putting her arm round Nance's neck on her left. Then are we to stay, mother? I, John and you. Where's that schoolmaster chap? John and Joel look round for Silverdale. Why, he's gone. Goes up stage and looks left. Joel, who has been sitting right. Oh, he saw the look in my eye and he sneaked off. Music. Well, better to go quietly. We'll think of him as an ugly dream, a nightmare that we wake up in the morning to forget. Hester, do you forgive me? Of course, mother. Goes to her. John. John comes to her on her right. To John. Do you forgive me? John bending down and kissing her. Of course, mother. No more mystery, children. No. no. Then I'm a disagreeable, cross-grained, happy old woman. But when this baby grows up to be a man, he shall never guess what I have been, for I'll make him believe that I'm the kindest, lovingest, best grandmother in the world. The curtain falls slowly. End of Hester's Mystery by Arthur Wing Pinero